Sound of Hockey episode 111. We're calling this one the Alex Trebek episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Well, he did pass away this week, oh. uh, but he was a legend. Yes. Uh, 37 years. I'm, I'm reading out his stat line. Okay. 37 years doing Jeopardy, and he did 8,000 episodes, won 35 Emmy Awards, and, and a Peabody. Whatever the Peabody is, that's. Decent. I mean, it's a it's an award. It's yeah, a major sounds award. Sounds good. Like yeah. sounds like he's legit. Yeah, he's legit. But he is a huge hockey fan. He's from Sudbury. I found out he was from Sudbury, Ontario, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty far north. It's not it's not necessarily in the GTA area, but he's always shown up at hockey events throughout the years. Pretty cool. Pretty cool dude. So let's pour one out for him tonight. Yeah, he was a uh, a big Senators fan, and as you know, he actually appeared on our show just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, very, very sad to lose Alex Trebek. We also lost not so much of a hockey personality, but Sean Connery not too long ago as well. So uh, a lot of sad stuff. Um, also, it's been a bit of a weird week, so I don't know if you guys even noticed, but we didn't do an episode last week because, frankly, we thought it might get lost in the shuffle of everything that was going on. Hopefully you all... Um, are doing well after that because man, I didn't sleep much for five days. We didn't do a show last week. Well, uh, well, yeah, it's a good point. Who were those people I was talking to then? Time is a flat circle, and it may have just skipped past you, and you don't even know it. Well, so. we, to- we told no, Andy. I had a conversation with people about hockey. Like, was that what was with you guys? <laughs> Remember, the joke is Andy didn't know we did an episode last. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. So this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown, at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. And they are coming to you from Seattle. I am not. I'm coming to you from my in-laws basement in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. That's perfect. Uh so we we came up with this crazy plan a while back and I don't think I ever shared it on this podcast, but my wife and I our lease at our apartment in Seattle was coming up and we wanted to spend some time with family during the holidays. And since we're both working from home, we decided that we could kind of do that from anywhere. So, um, but to be really safe, we decided that we should do a, a whole quarantine thing. So we flew last Saturday, spent a week at my parents' house. Well, they were out of the house. They actually were at my sister's house. So that was super weird because we were like at the dinner table you know, like where they would normally sit having dinner and they like weren't around. So it just felt very strange. And then now that we finished that week, now we're into the in-laws basement. And so we're still keeping distance from them, but they're like cooking dinner for us at night and then like leaving it at the top of the steps. Then we like go up and get the dinner and we eat it and we put the dishes back at the top of the steps. It's very strange. It's a very, very strange experience, but um, this is the world that we live and we're excited. Uh, We're one week away from graduation up to uh, not the basement. So That'll be a, oh. a big moment in time for us. So you'll be a free good man. luck with you'll that. Breathe yeah. the free air. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're, we're looking forward to it. It'll be a, it'll be a big day to graduate out of the basement. Um, feel a little bit like Harry Potter. We start with a review, and it's a five star review from T Beamer. It says mm-hmm. practically perfect podcast. That's very nice. Uh, it says outstanding podcast for our growing Seattle area hockey community. Three hosts that form a great team with a wonderful mix of detailed knowledge and my kind of dry humor. Give them a listen. The only negative, not enough goalie content. Couldn't agree more, T. Beamer. Uh, what? A fantastic. Uh, we just review. had a whole episode of nothing but it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when you say enough just of the fake reviews, Jaron. <laughs> how many, I mean, how, how many, many Apple, do you have? Yeah, how many Apple IDs do you think I have? I, trust me, I can't afford <laughs> I more than one of those. As many as it takes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Hey, you know what, guys? We have some big news. And it is not related 
really to anything other than our own NHL to Seattle brand and NHL to Seattle.com as hopefully you've come to know over the years. Uh, we came to a decision that at some point we can't really be NHL to Seattle.com anymore because the NHL is actually coming to Seattle. So mission accomplished there, but we decided that we need to do kind of a rebrand. So this is a thing that we've been working on pretty extensively in the background for quite a while now. I've been putting together a new website and John's been working on a bunch of stuff to, to help get it up and running. So our new website is called drumroll. I don't think you guys did a drum roll, but the new website is called soundofhockey.com. Uh, so I don't know where, where we got that name. It's crazy. Um, we just but, pulled uh, it out of midair. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, you're, you're going to go there for all your hockey content. We're really, really excited about it. We're going to try to be way more consistent with what we're posting on there. I mean, we just have a ton of ideas. And um, so it's it's exciting stuff. We're, we're very excited about it. We think it's going to be a more sustainable approach to doing what we're doing here. There won't be really any change to the podcast, but go there for all your news because we're going to be there and we're going to be writing a lot of stories and doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think it goes really well with the timing because we're going to start framing the conversation about the expansion draft, certain players that are available. Clearly, the Kraken is kind of ramping up their hiring efforts and kind of some of the focus in, in the areas that we'll talk about a little later. So the timing's right. I'm really excited about it. Um, Darren did a heck of a lot of work on it to get it to where we're at. I'm sure people won't think it's perfect, but whoa, whoa, we'll whoa. constantly be improving it. Give it a look. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Um, our review just said we were perfect. <laughs> no, par- it it's was. Like practically, well, practically perfect. Yeah. <laughs> practically <laughs> perfect. So not even perfect. Does this podcast now become the official podcast of soundofhockey.com? Uh, yes. Depends if the licensing deals work out. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have that. We're going to have our people talk to our people and see if we can figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that could be tricky. Yeah, we do have a couple new like shirts on there already. We have a lot of ideas for new merchandise down the line. So we're starting with a couple of new shirts so you can buy some new merch in our store. Uh, we also have a link on there that you can click through to buy some Kraken gear. Just in time for the holidays. Just in time for the holidays. So uh, lots of lots of good stuff to look for on the website. Please poke around on there. You know, we, we do have a lot of the content from NHL to Seattle has been transferred over to it. Oh, by the way, the site is launching on Wednesday. So if you hear this somehow before then, uh, you're going to find an error message. But <laughs> starting on Wednesday, <laughs> you can go to soundofhockey.com. Uh, hey, let's get some Kraken news, by the way. So first and foremost... Ulf Samuelson, he was here, and then he left, and then he came back, and now he's left again. And where has he gone, John? Well, he's now assistant coach uh, in the, with the Florida Panthers organization. Yeah. Uh, I guess he, he was a coach with uh, Joel Quinville in Chicago before both of them got canned. Interesting that he came back, and then and I always thought he was earmarked to be the assistant an assistant coach in Seattle mm. as, a, as a potential possibility. Clearly, I think he likes coaching, and, and he, he hasn't done a whole lot of scouting. But he seemed like a really funny guy. Like if he went to that um, scouting event at the Pacific Science Center, uh, he was definitely joking around. What a what a nice kind of gig it was about all the popcorn in the press box and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. good for him. I mean, seems like a good good guy, and I'm sure cross paths with him one way or the other. Yep. And speaking of Kraken scouts, they hired some amateur scouts. What happened there, Andy? Yeah, they we we thought this might be coming here pretty soon, especially as now that some of the amateur teams are starting. But they hired 12 scouts, 12 amateur scouts. These will be guys who will be tasked with finding players for the 2021 NHL draft. 
Uh, so this, this is kind of like the future of the future. The Robert Cron is the head scout. He has uh, got a lot of experience. Uh, played for the Canucks too, by the way, during his playing days, which ooh, automatically makes ooh, him trying to get in good. there, right? But uh, he also most recently was with Carolina, and he actually worked with both Ron Francis and Ricky Olchek when he was with the California, uh, California, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, he he did a lot of their European scouting, but now he'll be their head scout, so he'll kind of oversee the whole process that the other eleven scouts. Uh, what they see and what they do. It's going to be an interesting scouting season, um, which yeah. I wrote about on NHL2CL.com, or if you're hearing this Wednesday, soundahockey.com. Yeah. I hope that one will transfer over. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I'll have my I'll have my people talk to my people and see if we can figure it out. I, uh, I, I talked to Ricky Olchek kind of about some of the challenges that they're going to face because they don't know if they're going to be able to get into buildings, how many games some of these prospects are going to play. It's all kind of in flux now. You've got a lot of WHL players playing in junior A hockey, but even some of those games are getting canceled. You know, the USHL is just starting up, uh, although they had to cancel opening night because of COVID. Uh, NCAA is going to be starting later this month. So uh, it's kind of up in the air. They may have to do a lot more video scouting than, than usual. But uh, Ricky Olchek had some interesting things to say. Uh, he was very positive, as you can imagine. If you heard him on our podcast, he's all, all sunshine about it and that they're, they're not going to make any excuses and they're going figure to figure out a way to do it. So it's kind of an interesting but- year. Yeah, but theoretically, like all the teams are really yeah. in the same boat. I mean, I think there's there's kind of assumption that yeah, maybe some of the prospects were seen a year a year ago, but realistically, they're not focused on them and no. not really giving them a good look. And I what I liked about the article, Andy, is that you had Ricky tell you about how players kind of changed even throughout their draft year, right? Mm-hmm. From the uh, Gretzky Holinka Cup all the way to World Juniors, and then kind of later in the season, you see how. And you kind of use that skill development and that change in, you know, their their skill or whatever and their performance as one of the indicators itself, right? Mm-hmm. Which you kind of don't have now. Like no no teams have it. So it was a really great article, I thought, if you're oh, in the amateur scouting, which we are. So <laughs> very cool. Yeah. And, and well what you said about the the other teams having an advantage, I mean, it's it's the slightest of advantages because you're right. They were in the buildings last year and they were exposed to some of these guys. But I talked to an NHL scout last year about that. Do you watch the guys for the next year? And he said, not really. We're focused on the current draft. He said, maybe a guy jumps out at you and you make a little note to get viewings of him next year or to check on him next year, but they don't give him the same scrutiny. So it's a very, very slight advantage. They may have some names already written down. That, that, that might be where they're ahead of Seattle, if at all. Excellent. And John, what's the latest on the season ticket update for the Seattle Kraken? So season ticket update, um, here's what people are telling me. They'll be sold out of full season tickets very, very shortly. I don't wow. know when that is, but they're on number 5,300 and 6,500 is, is supposed to be scheduled on November 20th or and around there. And then I've seen people project based on the models that they might sell out around 9,200, somewhere somewhere in that range and not quite 10,000. So if you're north of 10,000, try to buddy up with some people and try to find somebody that's going to kind of carve off some seats for you. That's good advice. Thank you. Uh, and that's going very quickly, I guess, right? I mean, that's I think there amazing. are a lot of people that got on the list and said, oh, I'm number 15,000. I should be able to um, get in the building at least for full season tickets. And that's just not quite how it's worked. So why is that? Am I like, why did my math in my head just not align there? Well, they're, they're holding some for single game a small amount for single game ticket availability because mm-hmm. they don't want to lock yeah. everybody out. And the league, the league requires you to hold a certain other amount for, for them sure. for yeah. if they're coming to games or certain people need to go to games that they make them available. But realistically, the reservation number is your reservation number, not necessarily your seat number. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a one-to-one. For every reservation, I think they estimated that it's 2.1 or 2.2 seats per reservation. Got it. 
So, you know, the first, let's say the first 10 reservations, they probably go through about 22 to 25 seats. So it's a misconception that there's like, you know, 50,000 on the list. Mm-hmm. But those are the reservations on the tickets. Sure. Uh, and we also have a WHL update from our WHL correspondent. What's the latest, Andy? Well, the latest is uh, that the 2021 Central Scouting watch list came out, mm-hmm. which is uh, the first kind of swing at who is going to be eligible for or who's, who the players to watch of the eligible guys for the 2021 draft, which should be of interest to us Kraken people because – that's the first draft they'll be having. Oh. Um, and locally, uh, well, there were like 36 players from the WHL that made the list. Highlighted locally, uh, you know, all the all the U.S. division teams had at least one player that was ranked. Uh, really locally here in Seattle and Everett, Everett's Olin Zellweger, a defenseman, had a C ranking. In Seattle, you had Lucas Siona and Kai Uchaz get C rankings. And then Connor Roulette had an A ranking, which means they think he's a first or early second round prospect. So I don't know that we'll ever get to see those guys in person this year because of the COVID, <laughs> even if they play, might still be no fans there. But uh, they, they will be here. All those guys will be here next year uh, as well. They should. Um, so it, it's kind of exciting. And it is early, right? Things can yep. change a bit. But like the fact that Roulette's an A rate ranking, Pretty impressive. I was mm-hmm. a little surprised. I thought he'd be a B ranking. Not that I'm like an expert on evaluating talent for 17 year olds, but you know, it seems like Seattle rarely has like an A. You know, like the local guys here rarely have an A rating, right? And I don't yeah, know. Barzal was probably, a, yeah, yeah, but. And- uh, State Theater before him. But yeah, it's not like they have that every year. Uh, and while we're talking about junior hockey anyway, I thought we should talk about what's happening in the OHL and the QMJHL. So first, the QMJHL has uh, some of their teams moving into a like a modified bubble where they're going to play at that super nice rink that's been built for the Quebec Nordiques that never came back. So <laughs> <laughs> where the Quebec Ramparts play in their incredibly nice NHL arena for a junior team. But anyway, what's the what's the story on that, Andy? Yeah, they've had they started early and they've had a bear of a time getting games in um, due to uh, outbreaks in Quebec, what they're calling red zones, uh, where they've had a high number of COVID cases. Uh, you know, and so there are some games, some teams who have played, you know, seven or eight games. Some teams will have played one or two because they've had to postpone and reschedule. So 11 teams that are in those areas are going to go into a, a bubble, um, kind of like what we saw with the NHL. It's going to be in Quebec City, as you said, and it's uh, November 17th through the 27th. So 11 teams will be playing games between that time in that bubble and hopefully they can get catch up and get uh, more equitable a number of games in, you know, for like standing wise and so forth. So that's gonna be interesting to watch how that works. The other teams that are in the Maritimes, uh, they'll also be going along as normal. So be interesting to see if that works. And, and if other, other, the other two leagues look at something like that, obviously that costs a lot of money. Um, we know that Quebec got some money from the Quebec government. So I don't know if that's helping them do this or not or what, doesn't but hurt. Uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt. It probably doesn't hurt. It, it seems cost prohibitive for the whole league to do something like that, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then the OHL has an interesting plan for return too, don't they? They're saying that they're going to return on February 4th with a 40 game schedule, but what's the caveat there? This has been a, con- this has been a controversial thing in the hockey world. The, the Ontario health minister is saying that the only way that she'll sign off on them playing is if they eliminate body checking, mm. which has got a lot of people up in arms. Uh, you, you know, that, that doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense on the surface because they can still be in the face-off circle face-to-face and sit on the bench right next to guys. Right. Apparently that's okay, but body checking is what they're worried about. Yeah. I mean, I just don't 
really get it at all. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, that can never work. You can't play hockey without <laughs> body checking, right? But I'm also like, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, if you're going to put the guys out there skating through their clouds of droplets anyway, like mm-hmm. bumping each other shoulder to shoulder isn't, I, I kind of get the fighting part because you have to take your gloves off and like, and plus fighting in junior hockey is a little ridiculous anyway, but like, I just don't understand it. If you can do all those other things, running into each other shouldn't be something that should prevent them some, from playing. And frankly, I yeah. really doubt it would have any kind of impact on stopping COVID from spreading. I don't think it would either. And and I don't know how you're going to, it's going to be hard to avoid, right? Like just even accidental body checks sometimes can happen. And and ironically, you, can, you can't body check, but you can still have scrums in the corner fighting for the puck and you can still have, you know, be in front of the net and get knocked down and, it's just, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And the health minister, she's staying firm to it, but there's now there's some rumors from like the premier of, of Ontario saying that, well, we're still talking about this. So stay tuned on that. We'll see if that actually is. Well, the, and there's a couple things, right? Cause she, she was convinced that that's the only way to avoid COVID yeah. is with the body checking. And that's the only way they can start, which, you know, what if Ontario, if the OHL wanted to put the teams in a bubble, just like they did in Toronto with the NHL mm-hmm. right now, maybe they, they wouldn't, fund it and and have such protocols that were like very expensive like the nhl and that makes sense but there is got to be a way to make it happen if it's possible with enough money and enough precaution that they could be in bubbles like but i i don't know if that's even that would be considered but there is a way she was very adamant that like there's no way they can play with body contact it's like well the nhl did it without having any cases yeah in um, Ontario yeah but the <laughs> other the, yeah the other thing is what if there really is no way to play you know without eliminating body checking mm-hmm. would you rather do that than not play probably I would mean, yeah so I, there's a lot of gray that needs to be figured out um, and it is February so maybe they're hoping that the extra time will will help yeah cool things off a bit and also, it's just of note, in case people are wondering, the WHL commissioner has been asked about this, Ron Robinson, if this is something they're looking at. They have a little bit different situations because they have, you know, they're in four provinces and in two states or whatever they're in. So there's not one overriding body who can have that kind of effect. He all, But he said, we're not anticipating any rule changes. So I don't expect to see that as a condition of the WHL's return. Hmm. I'd be weirdly interested to see what a no-checking junior hockey game actually looks like. Like, I feel like the score would be like 15 to 10. Probably looks like a three-on-three game on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. and, man, I can tell you that I don't enjoy playing in those as a netminder. So. <laughs> um, and one last note, it's just kind of related. It's not junior hockey, but the AHL is scheduled to start on February 5th. So everybody's trying to come back. I mean, things aren't exactly trending in the right direction here, and at least here in the U.S. and certainly not in Canada either. So um, we'll see what happens. And we might as well call out that the NHL is still kind of focused on that January 1st or, or around January 1st target mm-hmm. date, which if you want it back sooner than later, I think that's encouraging. If you think they're crazy, then that's probably discouraging. So take it <laughs> however you want to take it. <laughs> on, on that last comment there, John, I, I see a lot of things online where people are just are, are automatically assuming none of these junior leagues can, can make it work. It's always oh, not going to happen. They're picking that date. And that may be true, but I, don't, I choose to wait until we get closer to it before making kind of judgment. Well, We've heard a lot of that about the NHL yeah. too. Oh, the NHL, that's, that's right. never going to work. And it worked beautifully. Now it's a different yeah, situation, exactly. obviously, but let's all just hold off on the doom and gloom pr- uh, predictions until we get, you know, and, and the reality closer. is we don't have all the information. Exactly. As, you know, we, we want to spend 15 minutes online and now we're might as well get a PhD <laughs> as a doctor. That's not 
that's not reality. <laughs> like there's people with a lot more information, a lot more knowledge and a lot more resources than we yeah. have. So maybe just kind of have an open mind to some of these things. Speaking of which, I don't know if you guys heard this, but I was named to uh, the new COVID task force. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> good. Congratulations. Good, yeah. my career. But how does this impact the Leafs, Darren? Well, <laughs> See, we were thinking of it from more of an American standpoint. So uh, really, we're focused on the American original six teams. So, you know, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's Makes really sense. how it affects those teams. And then yeah. we're going to circle back to the other teams after that. Because really, really concerned about the Detroit Red Wings right now. Correct. Sure. Yep. By the way, uh, there is hockey on online if you want to watch it. I, I enjoyed an AJHL game last weekend. So <laughs> you can find some hockey if you want. Sherwood, Sherwood Park. Park versus, Sherwood Park versus uh, uh, Spruce Grove at Grant Fury wa- Arena. You can watch the Smoke Eaters as well from yep. Trail BC. <laughs> Find the BCHL. Yeah. Or the Salmon Arm, Salmon Arm Silverbacks, my new favorite team name. Yeah. And John, I gather you've been watching a few games of the No Regretskis as well. No Regretskis <laughs> out of the Ontario Adult Hockey League. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. It's who tough. isn't Who isn't watching them? Were they body checking there? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's probably, I, it was a team I saw on the, on the schedule. I'm like, mm. oh man, I got to check them out sometime. Do you know what their jerseys look like? No, I don't. Okay. I apologize for okay. not researching. Well, I ask only because I'm about to segue us into some Jersey talk. Uh, oh, the nice. Dallas Stars have released a pretty heinous new look. Whoa. <laughs> heinous? <laughs> you like it? Man, you're such a hater on oh, anything man. modern and new. Uh, right? You're, you're just... A- a crabby. Fr- That's what happens when you move back to Minnesota for a bit. You're, you're in the you're in the state of hockey, and all of a sudden you're like you're original six. It's all about back in the day, getting on the pond. I hate anything new. Listen, the Minnesota North Stars had some of the best uniforms of all time. Then they go to Dallas, and now we've progressed to this thing, which is some sort of black and. <laughs> Lime green, just it's like glow in the dark. Ugh, 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 yuck. Yucky. Didn't we just talk about giving things a chance, Darren? Yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to give this a chance. I hate <laughs> we, it. We've talked, we've talked about this before, though. Like it looks terrible. I will, I'm on Darren's side, kind of right now. That I'm like, yeah. But I want to see them in action. They yeah. probably look better when you see them on the ice. And I, and, I know, give you that. The, they turn that's, the lights off and you can still see the skating. Around. That's a good point. I think my <laughs> first reaction to things tends to be, especially when it's uniforms, they're like all mostly one color, right? Or like one mm-hmm. and one other. I usually am like, oh, that's so boring. And then I see them on the ice. I'm like, okay, that's not so bad. So yeah. you're Remember, right. I should reserve judgment. People hated the Vegas Golden Knights jerseys when they were revealed. Yeah. Really and hated them. Speaking of hateable Vegas oh, Golden Knights jerseys. Perfect segue. The Henry Anderson Silver Knights also released their first set of jerseys, uh, which I think these are these are pretty good. I mean, if it's really Whoa. in the exact same vein as the mm-hmm. Golden Knights jerseys, but I think it's kind of a cool twist. Like they replaced everything that would be, you know, the gold essentially with silver, and then they made the gold part of it just like a smaller accent. Like the numbers are gold. Um, the base color of their home jerseys is actually silver which is kind of interesting. So it's it's mm-hmm. unique. I think, you know, the the nameplates are black with gold writing on it, which you don't see a lot of that. So um, I like it. I mean, I, I actually think they're pretty cool. And if you like the the Golden Knights jerseys, you'll like these because it's essentially the same same idea, same look. And that's not unusual for AHL teams. They often have the same colors and you know, yeah. similar, similar I, styles as the NHL club. I like that the AHL teams always take, like, their own little twist on it, though. You yep. know what I mean? And that's what they did here. And I, I think it's cool. I think it's, uh, it's you know a good what I You know it. what I just noticed is what? that their jerseys are CCM jerseys, mm-hmm. where the NHL is Adidas. That's interesting. Right. The AHL jerseys are always CCM. I think that's who has their contract right now. So 
Ah, interesting. Yeah. So the more you know. Yeah. Yeah, and a few other teams you've you've had leaks of like their retro reverse jerseys or whatever they're doing. I guess is every team gonna have a retro reverse jersey this season? I saw a Boston show? one that was out there today. Yeah. It's all of an all gold one, so yeah. I guess that's happening. I know Philadelphia has a weird orange one coming, and um, I think the there's a potential that there's going to be a, a Quebec Nordiques theme for Ooh. the Avalanche, although I haven't seen a leak of that. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of new jerseys coming this year, which I think will be fun. Lots of stuff for us to talk about. And, you know, I don't think we ever talked about the fact that the Senators went back to their old, like, original look that's, like, yeah. not 3D, and it's just black with red. And I think those are pretty sharp. So Those are nice. Yeah, I really, really like those. I think that's a big upgrade. Um, so good on them there. Again, Senators just keep getting better every day. So one thing about the jerseys and why we're seeing kind of more kind of throwbacks and more thirds and stuff like that getting rolled out, when Adidas got the contract, there was only a home and away, like, for all teams. Like, it was very rare for them to get an exception to that i'm sure there's some business justification around it basically like pump those jerseys first yeah saturate the market and then go look we got this third jersey Mm -hmm. so that's why we're starting to see more as they try to probably monetize a lot of the jersey sales even more right it's brilliant um anyway i i like it i mean i think it's exciting to have a bunch of new options for people so we now move on to our segments and our first segment is Everyone's favorite segment, Goalie Gear Corner! Uh, Our first Goalie Gear Corner comes from Dartmouth Women's Hockey. Uh, Now, I think you guys might recall we had an entry from the Dartmouth men's team a while back in which they were claiming that the setup that was being released to the world was actually the best setup that there was, and I strongly debated it i was uh this one might beat that one this one's better this one's much better yeah. <laughs> i i really really like it i think it's pretty cool i mean one of the main things is that i just like that it starts with a you know it's got a dark base color um and a big graphic on it i think it just looks awesome so anyway i'm not exactly sure what this thing is i think it's like a tree right is it supposed a tree to be a tree or a leaf a tree of knowledge yeah the learning I mean, christmas tree right christmas so, tree so they're green they're green pads with a big white tree in the middle that kind of splits when the the goalie's legs you know move apart from each other and then on the catcher glove, uh, they've got 1769 on like on the wrist, which I guess is must have been when the school was founded. And then on the blocker, it's got the steeple from whatever the main campus building is there. So uh, very, very cool setup. Shout out to Dartmouth Women's Hockey. Uh, Andy, do you know what brand this setup is? Is it a Brian's? It is. Do you know how I know that? Because it says Brian's on it? No, it doesn't say Brian's <laughs> oh, on it. There's no branding on these pads. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything. Okay, yeah. so there's I mean, a couple, no. couple reasons. Number one, I don't know if you noticed the little eyeballs on the end of the catch glove there. Uh-huh, yeah, I uh-huh. see them. Yep, so that's the, the Brian's Thief logo. So when you see those little eyes, it's a Brian's thief. And also, you'll notice that in the tweet, it's uh, to they say at goalies only, which is the Brian's Twitter handle. So that's a pretty good giveaway too. Um, that's their Twitter handle. It is, yeah. Goalies only is the is the Brian's. That's very Twitter confusing. Handle. Now I'm not sure I like them anymore. Okay, well, who's okay? Who are you going to pick instead? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody who has their name and their Twitter handle. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we have a couple more goalie gear corners, by the way. So get comfortable. Our second one comes from, well, this is I guess Hockey Night in Canada, and it's not really gear it's more of like a training device that this guy apparently made in his garage pretty cool though it's kind of it's it's weird it's like a thing that feeds pucks down and it's got an arm that spins around really fast and just like whacks the pucks at him now i quick succession too he's he's oddly wearing only pads a jock strap and holding a stick 
So I question his knowledge of goalie gear. Uh, his form is a little odd as well, but you know he's he's practicing, he's putting in the work, he's creating a new training device for himself, and you know I hope that those pucks are foam because if not, I would imagine he's going to very soon be uh, severely injured. Yeah. Aaron, since you're in your stuck in your in-laws' basement, I think you should create yeah, something like this. You got the time, the space. Get resourceful, Darren. Uh, don't assume yeah. that I have time or space because neither of those are actually <laughs> true. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, back, see. I'll see what I can put back. together. And then our final goalie gear corner. I mean, is there a setup of goalie equipment that was more anticipated than this setup of goalie equipment this summer, which was the new Henrik Lundqvist setup now that he's with the Washington Capitals. So he's had this same theme for so many years, right, with the Statue of Liberty on his pads. Uh, He did put out like a mock-up of what they're going to look like. So he's still with Bauer. Uh, These are, I mean, they're cool. It's it's pretty cool. They're pretty I won't sweet. lie. It's the it's that eagle logo over the Capitol building with there's like a kind of a, a sneaky W at the bottom too with some stars. Um, look them up because these are these are solid. He I don't think he disappointed. I think he kind of hit the marks exactly what I thought they would kind of look like. Um, but you know he knows what he's doing with with his pad design. So well done, Henrik. For a guy who's not American, his both his pads now have had some pretty patriotic American institutions depicted on them. Got the Capitol building here. Sure, but Statue he's also Liberty. played for teams in cities that have pretty patriotic symbols, too. Right? Yeah, true. Right. <laughs> so kind of easy. It kind of lends itself to that. Um, but nonetheless, uh, good on him. I think it's a good look. I think we've all been curious to see what he was going to do. At least I certainly have. Um, so there you go. The, the cat is out of the bag, as they say. We now move on to you don't see that every day. And you really don't see this every day. So we have a clip from apparently the Hungarian League. Uh, This guy scores a goal, and then he skates into the corner to do the jump into the glass celebration. Except what happens, Andy? Well, the glass explodes, and he goes right through it and into the little walkway behind the rink there. Yeah, so oopsie-daisy. So (laughs) you can't make this up. It's (laughs) He lands, like, on his head, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Then he gets up, and all the players on the ice just, like, stop dead and like look at him what do you what are you doing he's like, he's like th- they're like thanks <laughs> we gotta wait 20 minutes yeah together. thanks for the delay exactly but, so if you look at this video there's a photographer right there and i've seen the picture he got it's pretty awesome if you look it up online like he got the guy midway through the glass like the glass is exploding and his body's kind of halfway through it's a pretty amazing like lucky spot for that photographer he happened to just be standing right there when it happened well very cool i'm proud of that guy for doing what he did there i'm proud of that photographer for snapping the picture and uh you don't see that every day no you certainly don't we now move on to our weekly ooh, one-timers Whoops. our first weekly one-timer This might be the shocker of the summer. Uh, Rick Bonus (laughs) has been hired by the Dallas Stars, so he's no longer interim. He is now, in fact, their coach. Uh, Did you guys see this coming? I certainly did not. (laughs) I think this is really cool because I've never met Rick Bonus, but everybody who has says he's a really cool, nice guy. And you look at his career, he was hired as an interim coach by the Winnipeg Jets in 1989. And then in 1991, he was the head coach in Boston, and then he spent four or five years with Ottawa. So the last time he had been a head coach in the NHL was 1996 with the Senators. And after that, he'd been in a, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, with the Islanders in 1998. He'd been two years in the Islanders. So 1998, and since then, he's been an assistant for various teams and just hung out, probably thought that's all he was going to be was an assistant coach. And here he is now, head coach again. There you go. Our next weekly one-timer. Rupe Hintz has re-signed with the Dallas Stars three years, uh, just north of $3 million per. 
I think this is a pretty good deal for both teams. I got to say, Rupe Hintz is one of those guys that really took a big step last year for for Rick Bonus and the Stars, um, and he's really you know blossoming into a, a really really good young player. So he was good in the playoffs uh, too. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. Oh, just so good in mm-hmm. in every way. So uh, awesome signing for the Stars. I think he's he's a fun player to watch, and um, the sky is the limit for that guy. So uh, three years, nine point four five million is the total, and I think that's a pretty fair deal. And that's all we have to say about that. If you say so, Darren. (laughs) Next weekly one-timer. Gustav Nyquist out for five to six months due to shoulder surgery. That's unfortunate. Uh, You know, he kind of flies under the radar because he plays on the second line, but he was like second in points on Columbus last year. Um, I guess he had a cyst in in his shoulder area and basically had to go under undergo surgery and bummer it couldn't happen three months ago but I, that's that's what happened yeah uh frankly i'm glad that this happened to gustav nyquist the human though and not nyquist the horse because <laughs> if an injury like that happens to a horse you know you don't it's get not five really six happen. months it's is just, that what you're saying it's not it's the glue it's factory not, it's much much longer <laughs> yes our next weekly one-timer ASU is getting its own arena finally, so they're no longer playing in that little shack in Scottsdale. Well, I guess they will for this season and maybe <laughs> next season too. But uh, what do we know about this? It sounds like it's going to be a pretty cool place. $115 million, 5,000-seat arena. That's yeah. going to be their, their new home. That's significant. It's projected to be be completed December 2022. They're basically kind of counting on starting the, for the season of 2022-23. So they're going to try to get it going uh, sooner. And I guess season tickets have been sold out for almost three years like it's crazy i didn't know like it was such a such a hot ticket pretty exciting i mean if you're a fan of hockey in general this is great because it it puts them on the on the map and we talked a little bit about their speculation that they could end up in the big 10 somehow Mm -hmm. but hopefully it it triggers more division one ncaa hockey in in the pac-12 country yeah Yeah. i do see a rendering here of the arena looks like it's going to be called naming rights arena so (laughs) Um, That's good. That's the trend. Yeah. Make it something silly. I'm sure whenever they do uh, actually name the arena, though, people will be very excited with whatever they decide. Oh, yeah. They'll love it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, We didn't talk about it when we talked about the uniform, but they've released some new uniforms, too. Arizona State has. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. And there's some good goalie helmets. I remember seeing that they had like a a big bizarre sun on the side of it, though. If they had Mm -hmm. shrunken down that sun a little bit, I think that would have added a little... (laughs) It, you got to see him in action, Darren. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I'll reserve judgment. Give it a chance. Steve. Give it a chance, Darren. Yeah. That wraps up our weekly one-timers. Whoops. And we close the show with our tweets of the week. Andy, your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from friend of the pod, Everett Fitzhugh, ah. the voice of the Kraken. Of course. Heard of um, and, and this one isn't like too much hilarious, but it's just like I like that he's hockey-centric all the time. So there was a tweet that went out during the election saying, can you all even name the three branches of government? <laughs> and he responded, top line, center, right shot, defenseman, bottom six forward who can kill penalties. So I got a kick out of that just because, you know, way to go, Everett, keeping it hockey-centric. I like it. I'm all for it. John, your tweet of the week? Well, being that this episode is the Alex Trebek episode, some of his clips have resurfaced, and, and I picked out one of the best. Susan Cole is from Bowie, Maryland, and her favorite type of music is something I've never heard of, but it doesn't sound like fun. I think it's very fun. It's called Nerdcore Hip Hop. It's Nerdcore Hip Hop. Yes. Um, it's uh, people who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners, you know. <laughs> it's really catchy and fun. Losers, in other words. Well, that is solid. He really, I mean, he lays into that. <laughs> 
that one. <laughs> the soul, He's a legend. You see He's the soul legend. leaving that woman's eyes. As he well, yeah, it. the clip cuts away too soon because I really want to see more of her reaction. I'm yeah. sure that's not what she was expecting to no. say. <laughs> man, good stuff. Alex Trebek, what a guy. What a legend, man. Yeah. He's so awesome. My tweet of the week comes from uh, somebody named Amit underscore. Can anyone explain to this confused Italian living in the U.S. what is up with Philadelphia and Gritty? Is he their Damon? And my favorite response to it comes from somebody named Eduardo Garcia Molina. He says, I believe he's the manifestation of their city as a god, like Roma. <laughs> Gritty may have had the best week of anybody out there in the world this last week. Yeah, I mean, he had a huge week, yeah. He... Yeah. <laughs> Did you see he was in, like, Le Monde, the, uh, the yes. Parisian newspaper? Because <laughs> everybody was trying to figure out what was going on, and they kept seeing this image of this bizarre thing <laughs> like, what is this thing and nobody in Europe got it so it's kind of amazing get for for NHL in general like it's amazing yeah it's kind of amazing remember like, like when he remember we made fun of it when he, when they released that we were like what the heck is this I didn't make fun of it one bit <laughs> anyway uh, that wraps up our episode 111 thank you again to T Beamer for the great review uh, please do subscribe on Stitcher subscribe on iTunes subscribe on Spotify and check out soundofhockey.com. I think you're going to love it. We're going to have some really, really cool stuff there in the coming there weeks now. and beyond. And uh, you know what? It's our hope, honestly. It is our hope for that to be truly the home that you go to for content, uh, especially when the team starts up here. So um, we think we're going to have a lot of good stuff to ramp up to that, and, and we're very, very excited for uh, for what's to come. So thanks for continuing to support us, and we hope that uh, that you love what we put together, and we'll talk to you all next week for episode 112. Cheers. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. Yeah, it's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. Ooh, 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 ooh. And I'm feeling good. Free.